we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 through 16. As I read the scripture this morning, it's on uh, page 1014 in the Pew Bible. So I encourage you to open your Bibles and join along with me as I read, follow along with me. It's always good to have your Bibles open if you have one or a Bible app of some sort to follow along uh, as we walk through God's Word together. But this is what Paul writes. He says, But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, When He ascended on high, He led a host of captives, and He gave gifts to men. In saying He ascended, what does it mean but that He also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that He might fill all things. And He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Thanks be to God for His Word. I want you to just imagine for a moment here that you've been blessed with the opportunity and the ability to become a doctor. We all know there's a lot of cost involved in becoming a doctor. You know, you have to put in all the effort and there's obviously the cost of schooling, all that kind of thing. But you finally you became a doctor. You are a doctor. And, you know, the purpose of practicing medicine is to help those who are dealing with different illnesses or injuries and to help them heal. Now, I want, you, I want you to imagine that you're on your way home from the hospital, okay? Long day's work. You're on your way home from the hospital, and you witness a car crash. Okay, and in this accident, one of the drivers is hurt very badly. He's been cut. He's bleeding profusely. Uh, and if, if someone doesn't help him soon, he may lose a leg, or he may even die of bleeding to death. So you slow your car down as you approach the accident. And you're faced with a decision. And the decision is this. Will you stop and get out of your car and apply your giftedness and your ability to help the driver? Or will you go around the accident and go home? Obviously, we would all hope that doctor, especially if we're the driver that has been hurt. You know, we would hope that doctor would stop to help us out. But at the same time, heading home would be a lot easier and would be the most comfortable thing to do, right? just to go around the accident and to head home. So if, if you were the doctor, if you had this giftedness and this ability to help this driver, but you didn't, then I think we'd all agree that this driver that has been injured would suffer more as a result of that doctor not applying his giftedness to the situation. And so this is true of this car accident scenario that I just made up, but it's also true in the church as well. 
And Paul's concern in this passage that we're looking at this morning is that we should use our giftedness that we have been given in order to help others. And if we choose not to use our gifts, then it negatively affects those around us. And so with this in mind, I want to share three truths from this passage this morning. The first truth is that we must remember, we must remember the cost of the cost of the gift that we've been given. Second, we must remember the purpose of the gift. And third, we must use the gift. So let's first look at the cost of the gift. Paul writes in verses 7 through 9, he says, But grace was given to each one of us, he's speaking to Christians here, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might feel all things. So Paul is referring to Psalm 68. And he's applying verse 18 of that psalm to Christ with one main change here. The picture of the psalm is of the king, this king uh, who is victorious in battle. And he is entering his kingdom and he's leading those who he has taken captive uh, in victory. And in Psalm 68 verse 18, it says that the king ascends in victory and he receives gifts from men. This is what it says in Psalm 68 18. But Paul is saying, when King Jesus ascended victorious over sin and death, that he did not receive gifts from men, from people, but that he gave gifts to people. And so that's the big change that Paul makes here in quoting this passage. And then he tells us, as Jesus uh, ascended victorious over sin and death, he distributes gifts to his people, and he does it by grace. In other words... The victory belongs to Jesus, and we are the beneficiaries of that victory. And so because of what Christ has done, we've been gifted with forgiveness. I mean, these gifts he's already gone through earlier in this letter. We've been gifted with forgiveness. We've been gifted with eternal life. We've been gifted with the Holy Spirit. And we've been gifted with the good news of the gospel message. And Paul says we've been given gifts to make the good news known. Which leads me to the second truth I want to share from the passage, which is we must remember the purpose of the gift. We know Christ is the one who secured these gifts, distributed them to us. And we're going to talk more about those gifts in a minute. But we need to figure out, well, why did he do that? What's the purpose of the gifts? How do we use them? We know if you've been trained in medicine, you you apply your gifts to heal the body. But what are the gifts that he has given and how do we use them? What's the purpose? Paul tells us in verse 11 that Jesus gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers. And one thing I want you to notice here. Out of all these offices he mentions, there's one thing in common. And that is they all have speaking gifts. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers. They all possess speaking gifts. And now there are other gifts mentioned in the New Testament. Uh, These are the only gifts that God gives us. But specifically here in this passage, Paul is talking about speaking gifts. And he begins by saying Jesus gave apostles. Now apostles were those who saw the risen Christ and who helped to initially establish the message of Jesus in the first century through their teaching and writing. 
And this, there was a uniqueness to that office that died out with the Apostle John. And then you have the prophets, evangelists, and preachers who were active in the first century church and continue to be active even today in various ways. But I also want you to notice that he doesn't limit the speaking gifts to the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. But he also says in verse 15, and you may have heard this phrase before used, he says in verse 15 that we must speak the truth in love. That the church is to speak the truth in love. You all, we all, those who are in Christ should speak the truth in love to one another. And so Paul is specifically telling us that we need to be able to articulate the good news to one another. He's specifically talking about speaking gifts. In other words, we need to be able to explain what it means to be a Christian. We need to understand the gospel and we need to be able to explain it. And why do we need to know how to explain it? And why do we need to understand it? We'll look at verse 14. He says, you need to understand it because we don't want to be like children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. So, we need to be able to speak the gospel truths to one another so that we do not jump on the bandwagon of every popular version of spirituality that comes along. We need to be able to remind ourselves of what the gospel is so that we're not led astray and just tossed to and fro by the winds of doctrine. And so we need to be able to know the gospel and to speak the truth of the gospel to one another so that we will remain grounded in the truth. Even in Paul's day, you know, there was a lot of misunderstanding about who God is and how someone is made right with God. Just like today, there's a lot of misunderstanding about who Jesus is and how someone becomes a Christian. I mean, you just think back over church history. How many cults were started by people deviating from the gospel message and either adding to it or subtracting from it? I mean, church history is just littered with people that have done that. This is how the Mormons began. This is how the Jehovah's Witnesses were birthed. I mean, church history is just littered with all these people that have just shifted on certain points of the gospel message and developed their own version of it. And this is why Paul says you need to know the gospel and you need to speak it to one another in love so that you are not tossed to and fro by the waves. And so you may say, well, Ron, I'm not, you know, I don't think I'm in danger of, uh, you know, joining a cult. And maybe so. But it is surprising to me how many people say they are Christians. But then when you ask them what it means to be a Christian, they tell you that I'm a Christian because of all the good things I've done. And you think, where, where did you get that gospel? How, how, do you, how do you think that you're made right with God because you're a good person? Because you've done certain good things or you haven't done these certain terrible things. Like, where did that gospel come from? And the reason people that call themselves Christians and even, even are sitting in churches today believe that is because they have no one in their life speaking the gospel to them. They have misunderstood 
the gospel message. And this is why Paul is stressing to the Ephesian church. You must speak the truth in love. And he's not talking necessarily about, even though this is true, he's not talking about, well, you just need to be honest in your speech. That's true. But specifically in this passage, he's telling us you need to speak gospel truth to one another in love. Because we are so easily swayed by the thoughts of man, tossed to and fro by all these different teachings. That's why you need to keep speaking gospel truth to one another. And the reason people don't understand that they've been saved by grace, not by works, is because they don't have people speaking gospel truth in their lives and they they have misunderstood the gospel message. The gospel is the foundation of the church. I mean, it is the foundation of what the church is all about. And if you get the gospel wrong, everything else that is built upon it crumbles. You know, out of all my years at Clemson as a civil engineer major, I learned at least that. That if you get the foundation wrong, the building is not going to be very sturdy. And the foundation of the church is the gospel message. Who Christ is. Who we are. How are we made right with God. That is the foundation. If we get that wrong, everything else crumbles. And this is why Paul is telling the Ephesian church, and he's telling the Hill Baptist church, that we need to speak the truth, the gospel truth, in love to one another. And so... Every church needs a preacher who will preach the gospel. And every church needs members that will speak gospel truth to one another. And this protects us from being like children. You know, children believe everything they hear. Smaller children. Smaller than all you children in here. They believe everything they hear. And so as the church, we need... Preachers that will preach the gospel. Members that will speak gospel truth. And so the question is, do you know the gospel? Can you articulate the gospel message? Do you know it? And if you cannot, then you are in a vulnerable position. But the good news is, you're in the right place. You're in the right place because our church constantly rehearses the gospel. We do it in our Sunday school classes. We do it in our worship services. We do it in our Sunday night services, our Wednesday night Bible studies. We're constantly rehearsing the gospel, going over it, looking into it, trying to understand it better. The gospel is that Jesus, the Son of God, came to seek and save the lost. It is that God created us to know Him personally. But that we have sin in our lives that separates us from God and keeps us from experiencing His love and forgiveness in our lives. And the Bible tells us that God sent His only Son, Jesus, who is fully God and fully man, to live a perfect life, to die on the cross for our sin. He was buried, He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. And He did all of that so that we can be forgiven of our sin if we place our faith in Him as our Lord and Savior. That is the Gospel message in its essence. And that is what we continue to rehearse here at the church. So Jesus is God's provision for our sin and we must individually accept that in order to experience God's love 
and forgiveness in our lives. And so this is the gospel message, and it's a, it's a message that we need to continually rehearse. It's like Tim Keller once said, uh, a pastor that is in New York City, he said, you know, the gospel is not the ABC of Christianity, it is the A to Z in Christianity. In other words, you never graduate from it. It's the foundation. We, we deepen our understanding of it, and we grow as we do so. So this leads me to the third truth I want to share with you from the passage, which is we must use the gift that Jesus has given us. We know the gifts come from Christ. He's given us the the gospel message. He's given us these speaking gifts to share the gospel with each other. And we know the purpose of it is so we don't veer off to the left or the right, so we're not blown to and fro by the winds of the most popular form of spirituality. But we need to use the gift God has given us. You know, earlier I said if you are a doctor and you refuse to stop the car to help this bleeding accident victim, then you would actually cause that person to suffer more so than if you were to get out of your car and help them. And in a similar way, when we refuse to exercise the gift that Jesus has given us, we cause the church to suffer. Paul tells us that Jesus has gifted pastors with speaking gifts and he's gifted the congregation with speaking gifts. And Paul tells us that the role of the pastor specifically is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry and to build up the body of Christ. Look at verses 11 through 13. Again, he says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So, so my role as the pastor, the preacher, is to teach God's Word so that you may be built up and equipped for what God is calling us to do. And so this word equip here is a word that is used for uh, setting a broken bone or putting a, a joint back in place. Like if your shoulder pops out of joint, putting it back in place. So the idea here is, is, giving you, is giving you what you need in order to grow and mature. Just imagine this. Imagine you, you go into the doctor's office with a, de- a, di- a dislocated right shoulder. Okay, your right shoulder is dislocated, causing you some pain. So you go into the doctor's office and you tell the doctor, you know, I'm, I'm experiencing this pain in my right shoulder. And the doctor says, okay, well, let's get an x-ray. So they, he sends you for an x-ray. You come back. Uh, he says, you know, I don't, I don't think uh, it's anything serious. Here's some medication. Just take this pain medicine and you'll feel better. But, but before you leave, you say, well, hold on just a second. Can I see the x-ray? I'm just curious what it looks like. And so you take the x-ray and you hold it up to the light. And even with your untrained eye, you realize, okay, my shoulder is out of joint. And the doctor says, oh, really? Let me see that. I, I didn't even look at the x-ray. Let me, let me take a look at it and see what it, what it says. And the doctor holds it up to the light and says, you know, you're right. Your shoulder is out of joint. You would label that doctor incompetent. <laughs> you know, you'd say, okay, doctor, you're not, you're not taking the tools that you've been given and you're not applying them the way you should which is to diagnose what the problem is so that you can help the healing process along. And in a similar way, you know, the role of the pastor is to diagnose the sin problem 
and then show how the gospel is the cure. I mean, that is, that is the role of the pastor, to equip, to set the bone, to put the joint back in place, to give you what you need to grow, which is God's Word. And I would be incompetent if I allowed people to come up with their own versions of the gospel and never speak the truth in love in order to equip them with the truth of God's Word. That would be an incompetent pastor. So the role of the pastor is to teach the gospel so that you know it and that you can share it with one another and others. But I'm not the only one involved in that process. You also share in that responsibility, like I mentioned before. Paul says in verses 15 and 16, he says, rather speaking the truth in love, so now he's broadening, broad, broadening the application of this to just the pastor to all of us. Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And so what we see here is the whole body is involved in growing the body. The whole body is involved in growing the body and it's all done in love. Meaning it's all done for the good of each part of the body. And this includes sharing truth that may be hard to hear at times. It includes helping you know and apply the truths of God's word to your life. So the whole body must be involved in growing the body. Which means we must become more fluent in the gospel. We need to know what it is. We need to understand it. We need to be able to share it. We need to be able to apply it to our lives. And when we come across a a fellow believer who has had a head-on collision with teaching that is contrary to the gospel, we need to stop our car and get out and speak the truth in love. It's like Paul said at the end there. We need to use the speaking gift... That Jesus has given us so that his church will be equipped for the work of the ministry. So that it will be built up so that we may attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. To mature personhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And this is done by using the speaking gift God has given us. Speaking gospel truth to one another in love. Let's pray together. Father, thank You for Your gifts. Lord, thank You that Jesus conquered sin and death and He ascended to Your right hand and He has given gifts. And Lord, we know in the Scripture that those gifts are many. But specifically here, we see that one gift You have given us is the gift of speaking Your truths to one another and to those that don't know You. Lord, may we be a people who are fluent in the Gospel who share the gospel, who understand the gospel, who apply gospel truth to our lives, and who are willing to hear the gospel and receive truth when it is spoken to us, that we may be built up, that we may be equipped for what you're calling us to do, that we may be a mature people, and that when people encounter us, they encounter the fullness of Christ. And that is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.